Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 109, Ohio Train Derailment Blame Game. Let's talk about the train derailment. And let me give you just the facts up front so that you understand what the situation is. On February the 3rd of this year, Just before 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, a train operated by Norfolk Southern derailed near East Palestine, Ohio. It's spelled P-A-L-E-S-T-I-N-E, which I would normally pronounce as Palestine, but apparently it's pronounced locally by people who live there. It's pronounced Palestine. This is a town of approximately 4,800 people, and it's located near the border of Pennsylvania. Apparently, there were no injuries directly related to the accident itself, according to what officials have said. There were approximately 150 rail cars on this particular train. And most of the cargo that these rail cars were carrying was not considered to be hazardous. I read that they contained things like cement and steel and frozen vegetables. And this was according to a manifest of the derailed cars that was provided to the Environmental Protection Agency. But out of the 150, rail cars, about 20 of them contained hazardous materials. And this comes from the National Transportation Safety Board, which is involved in investigating the derailment of this train. There were approximately three dozen cars overall that derailed. And of those, 11 were carrying hazardous materials. Nobody is certain exactly what caused the derailment, but the NTSB's initial investigation is suggesting that a faulty wheel bearing on one of the rail cars may have caused the derailment. So it probably, if that turns out to be the cause, it would be a lack of proper maintenance or a lack of inspections. Uh, probably on the part of whoever owns that particular rail car. And the reason that this is suspected is that there is a house located near the crash site, and they had surveillance cameras, they had security cameras, and video Uh, showed what appeared to be a wheel bearing in the final stage of overheat failure moments before the derailment. 
according to the investigators. Um, I'm not sure exactly what they saw, but a, a wheel bearing normally would get hot, uh, might be some sparking or who knows, maybe even glowing. It could be getting red hot even. So I'm sure that there'll be more information forthcoming. Now, the main concern here is that several of the cars that derailed were carrying vinyl chloride, which is a chemical that is known to cause cancer. So obviously that is a big concern. Vinyl chloride is a man-made material or a man-made chemical. Um, I guess it's actually, you'd call it a substance that is used in making PVC, you know, the plastic piping. And uh, that's used in a lot of construction and healthcare um, areas or fields. And apparently if the substance is at room temperature, vinyl chloride has a somewhat sweet smelling scent to it, but it is colorless and it is typically transported in the form of a compressed liquid. But if you inhale vinyl chloride, it can cause respiratory issues like shortness of breath. It can also cause neurological issues like headaches and dizziness. Chronic exposure to high levels of vinyl chloride has been associated with liver damage and cancer, according to the Centers for Disease Control. So there's some bad stuff. And naturally, this has become a finger-pointing event where the Republicans are blaming everything that happened on the Democrats, on Joe Biden, and on Pete uh, Buttigieg, who's the Secretary of the Transportation Department, Department of Transportation. And I think the Democrats are somewhat justified in pointing their fingers back at the Republicans, and I'm going to explain why I feel that way here in just a second. But one of the things that was of particular concern was that one of the tank cars lost its entire load of butyl acryl acrylate, which is a clear liquid that's used to make paint and adhesives and caulk. And that uh, material can cause headaches and dizziness and nausea and irritation to the nose, throat, and lungs. So, uh, and there were other chemicals that were on that train that derailed also. And all of them have side effects that can be uh, that can cause irritation, neurological symptoms like dizziness and headaches and, and so on. And uh, there was a concern that there could very well be a 
huge explosion if these materials <laughs> combined and, and, and caught on fire or had some sort of a reaction to one another. And there was one particular rail car where they could tell that the temperatures inside the rail car were getting pretty high. And they were concerned that if there was an explosion, it could be catastrophic, sending shrapnel uh, up in the air up to a mile away. And who knows how far gases and things like that would have traveled. So Governor Mike DeWine of Ohio, who is a Republican, said that he was told the risk of that car exploding was described to him as being high. And the decision was made by officials ultimately to pursue a controlled release of the vinyl chloride. And vinyl chloride being ignited can cause the production of other toxic chemicals, including hydrogen chloride and, and other things. So officials ordered the evacuation of a one by two mile area around that part of the town of East Palestine on both sides of the state line. And on February 6th, crews released the vinyl chloride from the uh, rail cars that had jumped the tracks into a trench. And once the vinyl chloride was in the trench, they burned it off in what they referred to as a controlled explosion, which was what caused that big dramatic plume of black smoke that everybody probably saw on uh, television or in pictures. And that fire burned for two days and was finally extinguished on February the 8th. And at that point, the evacuation order was lifted. Air quality was measured and was deemed safe. And this, uh, these tests were made before they allowed residents to return home, of course. And there are other air things being monitored, uh, water, uh, ground soil. Apparently the, the, uh, railway company has said it's going to pull up the tracks in the area of the derailment and it's going to remove the soil. And I would assume that would include the soil in the trench as well. Uh, remove soil from the area and replace it and then put down new tracks. So I think the ultimate feeling is that this was handled in the most responsible way they possibly could have handled it, considering the information that was available at the time. We will probably learn more as time progresses. So there's going to be more uh, coming, I'm sure, in the, in, uh, the days and weeks ahead. Uh, officials at the municipal water plant in East Palestine have said that the water is safe to drink, but they are recommending people that live in the area that have private wells should use bottled water until testing can be completed around the area. I think they're taking soil samples from 
different uh, different locations in the area to uh, to run tests and make sure that uh, there aren't any problems. The release of all of these chemicals apparently did cause the death of approximately 3,500 fish in the days following the derailment. And this uh, information comes from the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. And the department officials did say that there wasn't any evidence of an increase in fish death since those early days. And there are no signs of harm as to other to other types of animals. So I'm sounds to me like they are saying that the fish that died uh, was kind of an isolated event and is not ongoing, which would indicate that there isn't a, currently a problem. But again, time will tell, right? Time is the uh, is the best way to learn what the facts are. Sometimes you just don't know what the facts are, especially when something happened so recently. But there are a lot of residents of that town who are saying that they still do not feel safe. They are concerned about going back uh, into their homes. Some are reporting rashes. Uh, many are nervous about the quality of the air and the drinking water, even though the authorities have said that it's safe. Uh, many people are having anxiety issues with, and have said that they're having trouble sleeping. So <laughs> it's not over yet. And until the folks that live in that town feel safe about their homes and where they live, uh, the job's not done. And we all know that sometimes it just takes time for the information to be made public and, and for it to be accurate. I still remember after 9-11 with all of the buildings that had burned and collapsed in New York City, all of the smoke and all of that, and the uh, folks who were part of the George W. Bush administration were telling everybody that it was safe to, you know, it was safe. And we now know that it wasn't safe. And a lot of first responders have suffered with uh, health. Well, a lot of them are dead prematurely. So it would seem that it was not really safe on 9-11 to, to go uh, do the things that they did without having additional safety equipment. And at the time, I remember watching on television the, the guys standing on the piles of, of debris. And I thought at the time, I thought, why are they not wearing like hazmat suits and, and gas masks and breathing apparatus? and it just didn't seem, especially with all that smoke and everything, it, it, you knew that it had to be burning plastics and stuff like that that could be toxic. Anyway, that was uh, a very unfortunate thing that could have been avoided if uh, our Republican president, George W. Bush, had actually done something when he was warned that uh, this could happen. 
but we're safer with Republicans. What they say, <laughs> don't pay attention to what actually happens, folks. Listen to what we say because the rest of it doesn't matter. Just, just pay attention when we talk. So anyway, that's the situation basically right, right now. Um, and of course, a lot of people are, are definitely pointing fingers at Biden and at Pete Buttigieg. And you might wonder if that is fair. And we're going to talk about that next. The governor of Ohio, a Republican, uh, by the name of DeWine, is now urging Congress to change the rules around hazardous cargo notification requirements. Apparently, because most of the rail cars on this particular train were not carrying hazardous materials, they were classified as non-hazardous, Norfolk Southern was not required by law to have notified Ohio officials of the train's hazardous load. So DeWine is now urging Congress to consider changes to hazardous cargo notification requirements. And his comment was, quote, frankly, if this is true, and I'm told it's true, this is absurd. We should know when we have trains carrying hazardous material that are going through the state of Ohio, end quote. And on that, I definitely have to agree. So obviously there are some areas where things need to be addressed. Now, <laughs> of course, Donald Trump, who is running for president again, says this will be his third run, uh, visited Palestine, East Palestine yesterday. And I'm not going to discuss what he said or did, basically, because I feel he is a traitor and he has taken advantage of the American people and he has screwed people and cheated people and lied to people his whole life. And I find him to be an absolutely despicable person. So I don't really care what he has to say because his words are meaningless. But there is indeed a fact that needs to be addressed, and that is the Trump administration withdrew Obama-era proposals that would have required faster brakes on trains that were carrying highly flammable or dangerous materials. And the Trump administration also ended regular rail safety audits of railroads and mothballed a pending rule requiring freight trains to have at least two crew members aboard. Which 
to me is a shock because you have a trail, a train with 150 cars and there's only one person on board the train. Seriously? What happens if that person gets sick or has a heart attack or a stroke and you've got these trains with hazardous materials on them sailing through towns and cities? Really? <laughs> uh, yeah, to me, that's absolutely inexcusable. Uh, definitely need to have more than, than one person aboard. So the, the train derailment has become a very politicized event. And a lot of heat has been applied to the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg. And mostly Republicans are dragging him through the muck ever since this derailment occurred. And <laughs> Pete Buttigieg has to be a little bit careful in how he responds to this because there is a thing known as the Hatch Act, and that prohibits people who are members of a presidential administration, cabinet members, things like that, from speaking about certain things. You can't make endorsements. You might remember Kellyanne Conway endorsed some things while she was working for the Trump administration, and that was a violation of the Hatch Act. And like every other law and rule and regulation and protocol that was in place, the Trump administration was just like, eh, whatever, we don't care. But if a Democrat did the same thing, of course, all of the Republicans, because they are the biggest hypocrites walking the planet, would be all over the place screaming about it. But anyway, uh, Pete Buttigieg has to be careful how he responds to this. So his comment in response to the criticism that he was getting from Republicans was, quote, there is a chance for everybody who has a public voice on this issue to demonstrate whether they are interested in helping the people of, of East Palestine or using the people of East Palestine. A lot of the folks who seem to find political opportunity there are among those who have sided with the rail industry again and again and again as they have fought safety regulations on railroads and tooth and nail, end quote. And <laughs> I think Pete, Pete Buttigieg actually has a really good point there because the Republicans definitely side with corporate America on most things. And when it comes to matters of safety, health, uh, environmental concerns, they almost act like they have an alternate planet somewhere that they can all go to when the Earth is no longer fit to provide a home for life. And I don't get that. We're all going to need clean air to breathe. We're all going to have to have potable water that doesn't have toxins in it in order to survive. I think just about all life forms require water. And they act like, eh, 
no big deal. Do they not have kids and grandkids? Do they not care about them? It sure doesn't seem like they do. <laughs> so, at any rate, um, everybody is putting in their two cents. And I'm just going to say this. A lot of people are complaining about Biden and Buttigieg, and they haven't done enough, and they should have dealt with this stuff by now. And I just want to point out when Joe Biden took office, the very first day that he set foot in the White House, there were priorities, multiple priorities that all needed to be addressed first. And I think he did a pretty good job of doing that. You will remember that COVID was killing about 3,000 Americans every single day when Joe Biden took office. And we had a vaccine that would save lives. It had been tested and researched, and it was safe, and it was proven to be effective. Uh, it didn't prevent 100% of people getting sick. Most vaccines can't do that. But what it did do is it greatly reduced your chances of getting sick. And if you did happen to get sick with COVID-19, your symptoms were not as severe. The necessity of having to be hospitalized because you were infected was greatly reduced. And your chance of dying because of the virus was greatly reduced. And the fact is, within 90 days or so of taking office, the average death rate had dropped from 3,000 a day down to like 700. So it was, the, the program rollout was effective. If you'll remember, Trump didn't want to admit that he lost the election, and he did indeed lose the election. He lost it. It wasn't rigged. There still is no evidence. I keep saying that because people keep acting like there is a legitimate reason to believe that there was something that happened in the 2020 election. Okay. Of course, ignore the fact that there is evidence that the Russians were involved in the 2016 election to help Trump win, but he didn't question that, did he? No. So as long as it benefits him, it's okay to cheat or steal or lie or whatever. But when it doesn't go his way, it's a problem. What a jerk. What a huge monumental jerk. Anyway, so there were other priorities when they came in to office. Obviously, one of the very first things that uh, Biden had to tend to was getting the vaccine distributed. Trump provided almost no no help. The transition between the Trump administration to the Biden administration is, was supposed to have been as seamless as possible, which would have required members of the Trump administration to work with the members of the incoming Biden administration to get them up to speed as to what was going on. But there's evidence that the Trump people just didn't do that. So a lot of the Biden people had to start off cold. 
they didn't have the benefit of sitting down with somebody for weeks and weeks at a time saying, here's what's going on. Here's what we've done so far. This is what we're waiting on. They had to, a lot of it was done in the dark. They just had to sit down and figure out what had been done. And there really wasn't anything uh, logistically to get the vaccines rolled out and in as many people's arms as possible. So that was obviously a, a number one priority. And when it comes to Pete Buttigieg, if you will remember, we were having supply issues during the pandemic. Remember, uh, stores were out of, you couldn't buy toilet paper, you couldn't buy masks. I remember there were things at the grocery store that were common that they just didn't have uh, things to clean with, things to sanitize with, stores were out of. So people act like this supply chain issue miraculously all began when Biden took office, and it didn't. It happened during the Trump administration. You just couldn't buy stuff anywhere. And I, I can remember buying uh, soap. Just the It was just one of those uh, refill jugs of aloe vera soap for our dispenser on our kitchen sink. And you couldn't find it in stores anywhere. And it wasn't even um, antibacterial because that's not normally a good thing for that type of soap. And so <laughs> we looked for weeks and, and it was never available. So I had to order it on, I think I got it on Amazon and it was like a big, huge commercial sized jug of soft soap. And I paid a, a fortune for it, but I was tired of not having soap. So, yeah, this stuff didn't just all of a sudden appear miraculously when, when Biden took office and all of those Democrat, as they say, policies um, just made a, a mess of everything. They, they existed during the Trump administration. And as the person in charge of transportation, Pete Buttigieg needed to address the supply chain issues, which took uh, a great deal of time. So there were other things that needed to be done as well. The um, um, <laughs> bridges and roads were falling apart and crumbling. Infrastructure. How many times did we hear Trump and his people talk about infrastructure? There was always going to be this big infrastructure thing happening, but it never happened during the Trump administration. He made it like he promised it over and over and over again. And for four years, nothing happened. Bridges and roads continued to crumble. And so that was a priority. So uh, Pete Buttigieg had to deal with the supply chain issues. And I should point out that the Republicans were not cooperative during this time. One of the most despicable Republicans is Senator Rick Scott, a Republican from Florida, who uh, at the time was a member of the Senate Commerce Committee. And he personally held up confirmation of DOT and Department of Commerce political appointees. 
during a time when we needed these people on the job working to fix these things. Florida, I don't know what your deal is, but <laughs> your state is one of the worst places to live in the country. Uh, the, the hurricanes are going to get stronger and they're going to get worse. Your water that you get out of your tap is junk. It's garbage. Sinkholes. Uh, they're banning books. You're, you've got a governor who is obviously a fascist. What are you doing? What are you doing, Florida? Rick Scott was the governor of the state before he was senator. And before he was governor, he was leading a healthcare company that defrauded you, the American taxpayer. And you guys reward him by putting him in as governor, and then you put him in as senator. What is wrong with you guys in Florida? And I'm addressing specifically the people that vote Republican. Marco Rubio, what the heck has he done for the state of Florida? Come on, people, wake the heck up. Your, your state is, you can't get insurance on your houses. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I, I really don't understand people that vote against their own best interests, but uh, y'all need to wake up down there in Florida. So anyway, uh, that's another podcast if I ever control my blood pressure enough to discuss it. Um, but anyway, uh, Pete Buttigieg had other things going on. And one of the things that they were working on was the uh, Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. And we have a lot of roads and bridges that were falling apart. So it's kind of a, what do you do? There's a million things that need to be addressed. You can only do so much at a time. And bottom line is the Republicans in Congress who should be helping to fix these things aren't doing it because they don't care. They want to make the Democrats look bad. They want to get on Twitter. They want to complain about everything. They don't want to offer any solutions. They just want to complain. They want to keep their voters stirred up. Democrats are bad. They're all socialists. And <laughs> so anyway, if Pete Buttigieg had focused on this railway, railroad issue in his first days in office and hadn't dealt with the supply chain issue, he would have been slammed for that. And if he had dealt with the railroad issue but didn't, spend enough time on roads and bridges and a bridge collapsed somewhere, he would have been slammed for that. So it was, you can't win with these people. And the bottom line is they're not helping. So who are they to complain about anything? They are not doing anything to help. And they just had four years with Trump where they promised they were going to take care of some of this stuff and they didn't do it. And the bottom line is some of the regulations that were put in place during the Obama years were rescinded during the Trump years. And could they have helped? Mm, maybe so. We don't know for certain, but we'll see.
certainly um, didn't help prevent the situation from occurring, did it? Rescinding all of those regulations. So the Republicans have more than their fair share of blame for this. The bottom line here is that Republicans can blame Democrats all they want, and the Democrats, I feel in this instance, are correct in blaming Republicans for what's going on because <laughs> the Republicans have always catered to corporate America. And the bottom line here is the absolute bottom line. Donald Trump presided in the White House during a time when safety regulations and environmental concerns were eviscerated by his administration and his Republicans in Congress who did everything he told them he wanted them to do, pretty much. And we have these huge corporations that make hundreds of millions of dollars a year and they pay their lobbyists millions of dollars to make sure that safety rules and staffing levels are cut. Uh, and the reason they're doing it is because they want more money. It's money, 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 and it's greed. It's not like these companies are hurting. They just want more, more, more. And they give their shareholders bigger and bigger and bigger payouts. And they're doing it while they scrimp on safety. And these trains that zoom through our cities, and this includes some of the trucking firms too, some of some trucks have things on them that could be dangerous, and they zoom through our cities on our highways. And we have to put public safety first. I mean, come on, if we're going to be pro-life, let's be pro-life, because this affects people's lives. And there is a lot of mistrust in local and state and federal leaders. And a lot of it is because we have got these Republicans in Congress, just insane, lunatic comments coming out of their mouth all the time. And we just need to put a stop to it. And, uh, of course, Donald Trump showed up uh, and in town acting like he's uh, a gift from God to everybody when he's actually a big part of the problem. And had it not been for his actions as president, possibly this would not have occurred. Possibly local officials would have known that this train had hazardous materials on it. Uh, possibly the train would have had better brakes on it. Possibly there would have been more people on the train who might have noticed that there was a problem. Who knows? Maybe we will find out. But uh, 
yeah, Trump doesn't want to take responsibility for anything that is bad, even if he is responsible for it. But he certainly doesn't mind taking responsibility for the good things that happened, even if he didn't really do anything to help make those things come to fruition. So it'll be interesting to see how this uh, turns out. Buddha Judge has admitted that he could have spoken out sooner regarding the derailment. And his excuse was that he was focused on making sure that uh, the folks that were on the ground uh, from his department were ready to go and they had everything that they needed in place. And he said that he considered this a lesson learned for him. Uh, Republicans were quick to complain about Joe Biden being in Ukraine and in Poland uh, during this. And the bottom line is those were scheduled ahead of time. And it's kind of difficult to just cancel stuff like that. And I think that the situation in Ukraine and I think the speech and the discussions that he had while he was over in Poland were important and he needed to be there. And honestly, there's not that much that the president can do other than provide uh, support. And I think that he probably will show up at some point, but uh, we don't need our president showing up in a possible area where there's hazardous materials floating around that nobody knows for sure uh, where they're going or whether it's safe. So I am sure that Biden will be there at some point. He's been pretty good about getting there, but he has, you know, when everything is a priority, what do you do? You can't be in two or three or four or five or six places all at the same time. So you have to go with what you've planned. Sometimes there's are going to be major things that are going to occur that might change your plans. You just have to do what you, what you think is best. So anyway, uh, but the focus right now needs to be on getting everything cleaned up and making sure the people in the area have everything they need. And I think that the, they need to address the fact that these people no longer feel safe in their town. So that is what needs to be emphasized, not the politics of the thing. And I think that the politics will work themselves out. But my advice to Republicans in Congress is if you're really concerned about this, you need to immediately start working with Democrats to put some safety regulations in place to fix this issue so that it's not going to happen again or so that the chances of it happening again are minimized. That is how you can show people that you really care. Complaining about Democrats on Twitter is not the solution, okay? That's just, that's politics. That's putting your party and your career in government before the needs of the American people. And you're supposed to be a public servant. So get off of Twitter, get with some Democrats in the House, sit down 
and start writing legislation that will address these issues and make things safer for the American people. That is how you should be handling this right now. You cannot handle it by complaining on Twitter and doing nothing else. I think I've said all I can say about this topic at this particular time, so I am going to let you go. My next scheduled podcast will be tomorrow, Friday. And until then, I hope you have a great day, unless you have other plans. And as always, thank you so much for your time. I very, very much appreciate it. Please subscribe. Please share this on social media so that people can find out about the podcast. I have a lot of stuff that I'm working on for future episodes, which may be bad news for some of you. (laughs) Who knows? Anyway, hope you have a great afternoon. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at FederalAndy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm